Hey guys, uh, this is Colby Patnode. You probably know me as the host of the Soto Mojo podcast. Uh, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. We're calling this a uh, wild card podcast. Uh, this is basically in response to the outgoing uh, or the ongoing outbreak of the coronavirus that has uh, more or less canceled all relevant sports. Um, you know, for the considerable future. Uh, we're not going to have baseball until at least April 9th, and that's a that's a pipe dream at this point. Um, most people think it'll start back up sometime in May, uh, but we don't know for sure right now. But, uh, yeah, you know, obviously the coronavirus is a big part of our lives right now, whether we want it to be or not. Um, a lot of people are suffering either with the virus itself or have family members who are suffering through the virus. Um, it's impacted all of us in one way or another, whether it's, physically, emotionally, uh, financially. Uh, I know a lot of people are, uh, are struggling to get through this as, uh, as you know, local businesses are having to shut down and things like that are happening, uh, particularly in our area, uh, you know, Washington and the, uh, the Pacific Northwest here. So, um, you know, it just seems like a good time to maybe, be, maybe forget a little bit about, as much as we can anyways, forget about what's happening, you know, with the coronavirus and things like that. And just have a nice, you know, forum where we can talk a little bit about sports and maybe forget about um, our troubles here for a half hour at a time. Uh, so that's kind of the goal of this podcast. That's why I'm recording it. Um, we don't really have a show sheet. We don't really have a setup per se. We don't have an intro. We don't have an outro. Um, we just have an idea. And the idea is that we are going to uh, talk a little bit about sports as much as we can. Away, stay away from the coronavirus. Obviously, that is impacting sports right now, so it's probably going to leak into some, uh, you know, some asset of our or some aspect of our of our podcast here. But this is mostly about sports, and it's hopefully a way for you guys to take your mind off of the real world, even if it is for just 20, 30 minutes a week. Uh, this is the wild card episode. Uh, obviously, we can't have two full-length Mariner episodes a week. We just simply don't have enough content right now with no baseball going on to sit here and talk about the Mariners for, you know, two, three hours a week. Uh, our normal weekly show is anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half. Um, it's going to be a struggle to fill that even um, without actual baseball going on and the off season so far away. Um, so don't expect uh, too much baseball talk here. Uh, this is really more about a general uh, a general overlook on the sports landscape right now, uh, which is pretty bare, to say the least. But it is an attempt at some kind of normal discussion about sports that's going to be away from the delays and all that uh, good fun stuff. So that's that's the goal of this podcast. Like I said, we don't really have any, any outlines. We don't really have anything set up for this right now. But until Major League Baseball is back and, uh, you know, in full force, um, we're just going to talk about some stuff here, and our weekly podcast is still going to be going on. It's, it goes up on Wednesday or Thursday usually. Um, we'll we'll talk Mariners, and we'll talk every week. We'll find something to talk about. Um, will it be as long as the normal episodes? Probably the first couple will be, but after that, we don't know. And you know, we we understand, guys. There's uh, there's a strain on us here too. We uh we have a system where our website only gets paid if we you know if we publish 50 articles in a month um i 
don't have to tell you guys that you know having more than an article a day is is pretty tough um, under the best of circumstances but with there's no actual baseball news or games happening it's it's going to be very tough so that's you know we're, we're going to try and fight through that ourselves here but uh, like i said the, the idea here is just to talk about sports and try to be as normal as we can uh, given the current situation happening in the real world so um, that's the goal that's the game plan and today i thought we would talk a little bit about um, two potentially minor uh, possibilities for the Mariners real quick and then those will be talked about in depth more next uh, Wednesday or Thursday during the regular uh, podcast episode but I thought we'd do that and then I thought we maybe we'd run through a, a Seahawks mock draft if that sounds alright with you guys and if it doesn't I guess you can just not listen to that part um, but the NFL right now is kind of the only thing going on um, so to speak they're as of now, it's business as usual, which means the legal tampering period, uh, which is an oxymoron, that starts on uh, Monday. So, um, you know, deals will start to get leaked and things like that. And that's as of now. I, I think there's a decent chance that uh, the NFL pushes that back once the new CBA is voted. And uh, sounds like it's probably going to get passed. So I'm guessing once it gets passed, they'll push everything back just like the rest of the sports world has. But uh, until then, we're going to operate under the assumption that they're kind of the only game in town. There's no NBA, there's no college sports, there's no baseball, there's no nothing. And so really it's the NFL. Um, there's no not even the XFL. So there's just NFL offseason news, and that could go away for a couple weeks, just like everything else, as soon as uh, Sunday. So, But uh, for now, they're still business as usual, so that's where where we will spend um, at least a little bit of our time every week um, focusing on that, since it's really all we have available to us. But um, let's let's start. Let's go ahead and start with a few of the Mariners' topics that uh, caught my eye over the last week or so, and let's start with a player who is currently on the Seattle Mariners, or at least in their spring training facility. Um, That would be the veteran All-Star Carlos Gonzalez. few days ago the Mariners released or they DFA'd Jose Siri who was then claimed on waivers by the Giants um, and this left a an open spot on the 40-man roster most of us myself included kind of assumed this meant that Carlos Gonzalez had made the team but Ryan Divish of the Seattle Times says otherwise uh, Ryan Divish is reporting that Carlos Gonzalez is highly unlikely to make the Mariners team and that kind of backs up what I've been seeing in the limited spring training games I got to watch him in. Um, the bat looks slow. It just looks like he's having a really tough time catching up to velocity. And if you can't hit a fastball in Major League Baseball in 2020, you have no business playing in the big leagues. It's really that simple. You have to be able to hit the fastball. Otherwise, nobody's going to throw you anything else. I mean, the, the fastball is the easiest pitch to throw for a strike. And if you can't hit a good one, you can't play Major League Baseball. Not in 2020, not when everybody's throwing 95, 96 miles an hour. So um, not that surprising. Um, I guess the bigger question would be who does this mean is, you know, who do they open the 40-man spot for? Um, It sounds like it could be Jose Marmaleos. Uh, He is having a a pretty good spring, Uh, maybe not statistically, but he has opened up a lot of eyes for uh, the Mariners and their people. Uh, Left-handed bat, he's got some pop. Uh, he's handled left field pretty well, which is uh, a bit of a surprise. He can play a little first base. Um, it sounds like that's the route they want to go. 
Why they opened up the 40-man spot so early, I don't know. Um, and I don't know for sure that it's not going to be to acquire or wasn't going to be to acquire uh, a new player, maybe a, in a trade or maybe there's a free agent out there who they thought could make some sense. But, um, yeah, it appears Carlos Gonzalez is not going to make the roster. He's had an okay spring. He's hitting like 270 with, you know, a pretty good on-base percentage. But he's just hitting a lot of, you know, he's just flipping a lot of singles into left field. There's not a lot of power there. Um, defensively, he's been okay. Um, he's 34 years old, but again, it just comes down to the bat speed. If you can't hit the fastball, you cannot play Major League Baseball in 2020. It's really that simple. So, um, you know, it, it was a bit of a surprise at first, but, you know, when you actually watch Carlos Gonzalez, he just looks like a guy who lost all of his bat speed. So, um, We'll see what happens there, obviously, with the coronavirus and, you know, things not looking like they're going to be going on for two months or so. Um, maybe there's something he can do to improve in that time before he's ultimately cut. But for now, it looks like he is not going to make the team. Um, and I, if I had to guess, I would say Jose Marmaleos is added to the 40-man whenever opening day uh, is near. So... That would be my guess for now. Um, the other bit of Mariner news I did want to talk about, not really Mariner news, but um, a connection to the Seattle Mariners, is uh, a former uh, relief pitcher for the Seattle Mariners was uh, just released um, this morning as I'm recording, and that would be uh, Hunter Strickland, who you guys might remember as the opening day closer for the 2019 Seattle Mariners, um, who was ultimately traded in July as part of the Aaron Fletcher, Taylor Gilbo, you know, with Rowanis Elias in there, uh, that deal or those two deals, however you want to look at it, um, he was a part of that. And so uh, he's been released by the Nationals, and as far as we know right now, he's free to sign with anybody. There have been no restrictions placed on roster culling or roster additions, as far as we know, um, for Major League Baseball. So he's theoretically available to sign right now. And that's a guy who could make some sense for the Mariners. Um, Strickland is still got a pretty good fastball, 95-96 with a pretty good slider. Um, really struggled last year after his injury. Um, you guys remember in those first two games he pitched, he actually looked pretty good. Um, and he does have a pretty nice history of being a solid you know, seventh inning guy. And he does have some closing experience as well. So there's that. He's a pretty versatile arm. Uh, still has pretty good stuff. Command is a question, but we'll see. Um, but that's a guy you could bring in probably for a million bucks. Um, you stick him in the bullpen for a couple weeks, see how it works out. And uh, if he pitches well, then you have a potential trade candidate, a trade chip there um, to move in July again. And if he doesn't, you're talking about a million bucks, which is nothing to a Major League Baseball team. And you say goodbye. So uh, that's a guy that I think would make some sense to bring in. Again, we will go further in depth in those in our regular weekly podcast, but uh, I just thought those are two things worth mentioning here um, before we uh, slide over to the NFL um, for at least a couple minutes. So um, I thought, uh, you know, with free agency still not quite uh, underway here, um, it kind of makes a lot of sense right now to go ahead and just talk about the draft. And I think the best way to do that is to do a uh, – is to do a uh, – mock draft uh, with the Seahawks right now. Um, we are going to go ahead and we are going to use the uh, the Draft Network mock draft machine, which is a uh, fun little tool if you guys uh, aren't familiar with it. It's 
literally at thedraftnetwork.com um, backslash mock draft machine. Uh, it's a fun little tool that allows you to simulate a mock draft. Um, there are you can pay for a premium subscription so you can make trades and get more in-depth profiles on all the players. But it's a fun little tool um, to use this time of year and uh, gives you an idea of where guys are going to go. Uh, there's a few of these uh, programs out there. There's FanSpeak, which does a pretty nice job. Um, I like the Draft Network. The, the big boards, I think, are a little more accurate, um, a little more realistic, I should say. So it gives us a pretty good idea. So um, that's what we're going to do right now. I've started the simulator. The Seahawks have the 27th pick in this mock in this uh, in this year's draft. There's a possibility they could trade. Uh, they could trade this pick. I, the the rumor is that Yannick Ngakwe um, is a favorite of John Schneider, and there have been reports from Tony Pauline uh, that have been backed up by um, by a few other sources that you know the original talk was that Seattle would trade pick 27 and uh, pick 58, 59, um, one of their second-round picks to Jacksonville for Yannick Ngakwe and Jacksonville's second-round pick, which would be pick 44, I want to say. Um, and so that's that's a possibility with the pick at 27. Um, obviously, needs for Seattle, we're talking about edge rushers, right? We're talking about um, offensive tackles, offensive guards, running back a little bit, corner, um, there's there's quite a few uh, areas of need and concern for the uh, for the Seahawks. So um, uh, obviously wide receiver, they could use another one of those. Running backs, uh, tight end, linebacker, um, backup quarterback. They have a lot of needs to fill. They have eight picks this year, including pick 27. So let's go ahead and let's let's start this mock draft. And we are on the clock. Um, none of the edge guys that you would particularly feel like are good. <laughs> good fits for Seattle are on the board still. Um, Zach Bond is probably the best guy still there. Um, Bond is a, an edge rusher slash linebacker from Wisconsin. Pretty good at getting to the pass. He had a, um, a breakout season here, so to speak. Um, you know, he has some, he has some issues, but, uh, you know, he's a really smart football player. Uh, very compact guy. He's a senior. Uh, played plenty of football at a big-time college in Wisconsin. Um, there's some, there's some, uh, skill there. Uh, I'm not sure if he's the ideal fit. Um, I, you know, he's just kind of like, he's a good player, but at this stage I would rather, you know, trade down, um, actually, which, um, leaves us with a, a pretty interesting spot here. Uh, he's the best edge guy available really by a mile. So, um, just seems like a bit of a reach to me, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to not take Zach Bond. Um, there are a few running backs still on the board here, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins. Um, I wouldn't put put it past Seattle to draft a running back in the first round. They do need running back help, as weird as it seems. You have Chris Carson, who's never played a full season, um, coming off of you know a season-ending injury. You have Rashad Penny, uh, who, again, more of the same, coming off of a season-ending injury. Um you know, Marshawn Lynch, I mean, can't really count on him for anything right now. Uh, Travis Homer looked nice, but he's more of a role player than an every-down back. So, yeah, don't be surprised if they take a running back. I could totally see that happening. Um, as for as for tackles, there really isn't any available, uh, so to speak. Um, you kind of look at uh, – you kind of look at – 
the best offensive tackle available. There's Lucas Nyag, who's a pretty good uh, tackle from from TCU. Um, there's also guys like Ezra Cleveland, who blew up the combine, Boise State left tackle. Matthew Pert, who's kind of a uh, a physical, kind of a uh, you know a nice uh, athletic tackle as well. So that that's a possibility. There's some decent offensive linemen still on the board here, um, and without edge, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, the guy who's still on the board here that I'm most intrigued by is actually Xavier McKinney, who is a safety out of uh, Alabama. Um, really good player. He is uh, can do a little bit of everything. He can play free safety. He can play strong safety. He can play corner. Uh, he can play some nickel corner. Um, he's a he's a legitimate uh, weapon in the defensive backfield. Um, you know, it's there are some concerns here. He's not the world's greatest tackler, um, but he does have great ball skills. Uh, he breaks up. He understands uh, he understands zone defense, and he's very versatile. So that's a guy that I probably should take here. I just don't think Seattle's going to take a safety. And to be honest with you, I don't think McKinney's going to fall this low. He's a really good player. So um, for our first pick here, I feel like this is a prime spot to trade down um, as a guy like Jordan Love is still on the board and in this particular mock draft. Somebody is going to want Jordan Love. I mean, there's no way he's going to fall, um, you know, much further than this. So it's a good spot to, to trade down, but uh, we can't, so we're going to stick and we're going to make a pick here. Uh, Ross, Ross Blacklock is a pretty good uh, option here, the uh, defensive tackle from TCU. Um, Seattle does have a need everywhere on that defensive line. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to actually make a pick here. Uh, I'm going to take, surprise to some, you can take Austin Jackson, uh, offensive tackle from USC. Uh, Austin Jackson is, you know, 6'6", 320. He's got long arms. He's a really good athlete. Uh, he's going to slide into right tackle right away. Uh, he's going to start week one, assuming he, assuming he's healthy, obviously. Um, like a lot of athletic guys, he needs uh, he needs some work on his technique. Uh, he needs, uh, you know, some uh, more functional lower body strength. But he's a really good athlete, a really good player um, who's going to come in and he's going to handle my right tackle spot right away, help replace Jermaine Effetti. And there's a decent chance that he, in two years' time, can be the replacement for Dwayne Brown. So I'm going to take Austin Jackson here with the 27th overall pick. And that'll do it for the first round. Now we're, on, now we're about to be on the clock for our, uh, our two second-round picks. Um, so, yeah, you know... Um, We'll see if the NFL actually goes through with their plan here to uh, to keep free agency going and all of that. We know that they've canceled the uh, all the pre-draft visits and all that stuff, so those aren't going to happen, um, which is a bummer, sure, but it's also a pretty smart uh, pretty smart way to approach things right now with the way uh, you know with the way things are going uh, in general. So. Um, I'll have to wait and see how that works out for everybody. Um, but, uh, yeah, hope, you know, the selfish side of me wants the NFL to, you know, business as usual, because I would like to have something to talk about, but obviously health comes first. So we'll see what they decide to do. Um, I'm back on the clock here with pick 59. I have my tackle spot, uh, or one of them filled now. Um, still looking at edge, looking at, uh, interior offensive lineman. We need a card. We probably need a center. Um, and there's actually a pretty good one still on the board here. 
Um, wide receivers also need Denzel Mims is a really good wide receiver out of Baylor. Um, he's still on the board. That's very tempting here. We have two picks in the next five, so um, there's a little bit of gameplay here where we try to get as many guys that we like as we can. Um, one of the guys still on the board here, though, is Matt Hennessy. He's a uh, redshirt junior from Temple. Uh, he can play center. Uh, he can play guard. He's really, uh, you know, he's really athletic. Um, again, he's not, he's not, not, not a, uh, he's not a power guy. I don't think is the right word for him. Um, but he's smart, right? He can start right away uh, at either center or guard. Um, he understands how to leverage his body. Uh, he's really good in the run game, particularly in gap and zone concepts, uh, which is Seattle runs a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of zone. Uh, he's pretty polished. He's pretty mobile. He's a good athlete. Um, he's not going to be a guy who's going to, you know, drive the guy 15 yards downfield. He's going to cut. He's a slasher. That's what he does. Um, and, well, we typically think of Seattle offensive linemen as big, bulking, you know, DJ Fluker types. Center is kind of the one spot that they've been willing to go with the smaller kind of slasher wrestling type of guy like Justin Britt or um, or Joey Hunt this last year. So I think I'm going to take Matt Hennessy here to uh, kind of really solidify this offensive line with a, new, with a new tackle. Justin Britt's a pretty good candidate to get uh, to get you know cut to save some salary there. So I'm going to go with Matt Hennessy here to either be their starting center or compete at guard. Um, you know, I know Ethan Posick's still there, but it's been three years with Posick now. It's probably time to uh, at least consider moving on. So I'm going to take Matt Hennessy here, um, kind of knock off our offensive line, uh, start to solidify that. So I take Hennessy, um, see what happens here. Um, Isaiah Wilson was also a guy that I would strongly consider there, the tackle from Georgia. So when we get to the last pick in the second round, this is the pick we got uh, as part of the Frank Clark trade. And there are two guys right off the top that I am very much interested in. We have um, we have Denzel Mims from Baylor still on the board. Um, Mims is a big guy, 6'3", 206. Um, you know, there's a... There's a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of DK Metcalf in here. Um, you know he's got a really big uh, catch radius. He's not the quickest guy in the world, but he is fast. Um, you know some are worried about his limited route tree, um, but yeah, there's there's a little DK Metcalf here, and we saw how well that worked for Seattle. Um, but again, there are so many wide receivers that are still going to be on the board when we pick again. At least I, I think so. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, but it's such a deep class that um, I think I'm probably going to go with a guy who's a little bit worse of a player, maybe, but is a bigger need, and that's uh, Joshua Uche from uh, Michigan. This guy is he's 6'1", 240. Uh, he's a little bit smaller than you would like um, from, uh, from Michigan. He's a little bit smaller than you want. He is... Uh, you know, even a little bit too small to be a, a Leo. Um, he has some injury issues in college, but this guy's fast. He's explosive. He covers linebackers um, and running backs out of the backfield. He's a smart player. Um, you know, he's, he's a good player. He's versatile. He can play outside linebacker. He can play Leo. 
Uh, you might be able to move him inside on obvious passing downs. Uh, there's a lot of value here in Josh Uche. He showed out well at the uh, at the Senior Bowl. Um, I'm going to take Uche here to kind of help out the offense or the defensive line, which hopefully um, Seattle is going to attack in free agency because this particular draft class isn't great. It's not. It's not great for the edge. So, but we're going to take Uche here and put him in our rotation and see what he can give us. So now we have to wait till the end of the third round for our next pick here. Um, we'll see what's happening. See who might be available. Might be a good spot to take a uh, wide receiver. Um, cornerback is also a need, but uh, Bryce Hall just went off the board. He's kind of the last, the last guy in this group that I would consider. Um, Jacob Eason, Washington quarterback, still on the board. Um, actually, he just went to the Raiders. Uh, it's a good pick for them. But yeah, um, running back is still an important position that I'm looking at here. Running, uh, running back uh, as Zach Moss is still on the board. Hunter Bryant is still on the board as I am now officially on the clock. Um, Thaddeus Moss, the tight end. There's a couple good running backs here. Um, Michael Uchumide, probably pronouncing that wrong. Interesting guy there. Um, really, really uh, strong in zone coverage, which Seattle obviously uses, uh, you know, quite effectively here. Not a burner per se, but uh, a pretty good, uh, pretty good player overall. Um, he is. Want to see real fast here uh, what he did at the combine. Um, Let's see. At the combine. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> at the, uh, so yeah, at the combine, 32 and a quarter inch arm, so he does meet that requirement. 445, 40 yard dash, 36 inch vert, uh, 120, 10 foot broad jump there. So uh, yeah, there's some, there's some skill here. Um, Physical guy, based on what I've seen when I watch him. He's got the length that you like. Um, but there's another player here that I maybe like just a little bit more. And um, he really also blew up at the combine. But Chase Claypool, uh, wide receiver, potentially tight end from Notre Dame. He's an outside guy. Um, you know, he's he's big, uh, you know, maybe not. Maybe not the quickest guy in the world, but he's pretty good, pretty fast, um, strong hands. So I think that's a possibility of a. Uh, I think that's. A, I think there's a pretty good possibility that that could be a guy who is intriguing to Seattle. Um, so I'm going to draft Chase Claypool here, the wide receiver. I think he's the best guy, um, or he's the best wide out on my board, which is a position I do want to address. Um, Van Jefferson is there. I'm not a big Van Jefferson guy. Um, I'm going to take Claypool here. So Chase Claypool is going to be my selection at pick 101. Um, just as soon as I'm allowed to take him. There we go. So, all right, so Chase Claypool is in, in the fold here as we go to round four. Zach Moss just went off the board. Lecky Fute is a guy that I like quite a bit. Hunter Bryant lasts until the fourth round. I can't. Oh, there goes AJ Dillon, who's my favorite running back in this class. Um, 
So names just continue to pile off off the board here. Um, we will have two fourth round picks. Pick 133, which is now on the clock, and pick 144. Um, and so we are here. Um, oh, and uh, I, I'm really sorry I'm butchering his name, but a little bit of luck here. OJ Mudia. OJ Mudia. I think that's how you pronounce it. The cornerback from Iowa I was just talking about. He's still on the board at pick 133. That's a need. I'm going to take him. Uh, that's, that's a good, solid football player there in the fourth round, and I can develop him, um, you know, with uh, and maybe push Trey Flowers with it. Coming up here on the fourth round, um, a couple good players still left on the board here. There's Alton Robinson, the edge prospect out of uh, out of Syracuse. He's, he's kind of Jacob Martin-like, if you guys remember him. Um, solid football player. Needs to learn a few things at the position, but he can get after the quarterback. Um, he has that potential to do that. Um, wide receiver, I don't know if I want to take two, you know, this close together here, but Michael Pittman Jr. from USC, 6'4", 219. Um, it's a pretty good player there, pretty good athleticism. Um, you know, pretty productive at USC. He's in the fourth round here. He is not a burner. Um, per se, he's he's a good player, you know. And I think sometimes, particularly in the NFL draft, we overlook guys who are good players for guys who have you know flashy tools and all that stuff. Um, Pittman doesn't really, per se. I mean, six four two twenty three, uh, so he's not like he doesn't have that. He did ran, he did run a four five two, uh, three foot vert, ten foot broad, uh, relatively good three cone and. 20-yard shuttle time. Um, I think this guy's going to be really good. And so while there are other holes that I need to fill, I do have a pick coming up relatively soon in the fifth round. Um, and there are multiple guys at other spots that I like quite a bit more, or at least pr uh, relatively the same as Alton Robinson. So I'm going to actually take Michael Pittman here. Uh, I'm going to load up the the wide receiver room here with, you know, Michael Pittman. Uh, obviously, I drafted Chase Claypool, who could help out at tight end as well. So that's something to watch. Um, but, yeah, so uh, coming up here on pick 162, that is my next selection here. Um, and as we – oh, and Alton Robinson goes at 159. Uh, so I almost actually got both the guys I wanted there. Uh, that would have been fun. But uh, it is what it is. So, so far I've addressed the edge, the interior offensive line, offensive tackle, wide receiver, and corner. Um, so I, I need some safety help still. Uh, interior defensive lineman would be nice. Uh, running back, tight end. And if I can find the, a guy that I like at, uh, at linebacker, that's a possibility. So too is the uh, quarterback position, the backup quarterback position. Um, not a lot there, unfortunately. A lot of good wide receivers still on the board. I'm not going to take three wide receivers. I'm, just, I'm not going to do that. Um, LaMichael Pirine, the running back, he's a pretty solid player out of, out of uh, Florida. That would be interesting. So, too, would uh, Kayshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt. I like him a little bit. Um, but the rest of these guys, they just seem more or less like just dudes. Like, there's nothing, you know, incredible about any of them. Um, interior defensive line, there's a couple of interesting guys. Uh, Khalil Davis from Nebraska. He's a redshirt senior. Um, he's a pretty good player. Not, I mean, we're in the fifth round, right? There's not a lot out there um, for other players. So, um, 
you know, whoever we take here is going to obviously have flaws. Um, but yeah, there's I, interior defensive line seems to be a place Seattle is actually pretty good at finding in free agency. Um, you know, this late, I'm a big fan of, you know, you take the best player on the board. Um, unfortunately for me, like the be- next best three players on my board, they're all wide receivers. Um, doesn't make a lot of sense to do that, uh, you know, given the fact that we've already spent two picks on wide receivers um, as well. So uh, there's Colby Parkinson, the tight end from Stanford. Obviously smart guy, good football IQ, 6'7", 235. He's a big dude here. Um, he is not he's not a, a great run blocker, which is kind of an important factor here with Seattle. Uh, we know that the Seahawks are still looking at tight ends because they've brought in Jordan Reed um, even after they've already signed, uh, you know, obviously they've already signed Greg Olson. So that's kind of an interesting move there. Um, Lamar Jackson is a big corner that Seattle likes uh, or that fits the profile that Seattle likes, I should say. A lot of work to do there. I've already taken a corner, though. Um, but Jackson is long, and he's physical, and he's pretty good in zone defense, which is, you know, makes him a, a, a nice fit here uh, for Seattle. So that's definitely a possibility here as well. Uh, Trey Adams is a guy I still really like um, as a tackle. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'm going to take – I found a guy. Um, gosh, I don't – not a lot of options here. Um, so here's what I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the best running back still on the board, uh, which for me is LaMichael P. Ryan uh, from Florida, 5'11", uh, 211 pounds. Pretty good player, not, not a great player, um, obviously here in the late fifth round. Uh, draw some comparisons to Sony Michelle a little bit, maybe a little Rex Burkhead in there too. Um, like I said, it's just at this stage of the game, we're just uh, throwing darts here and hoping that one of them hits. Um, we have one pick left here in the uh, sixth round, end of the sixth round, and then that'll be it. Um, expect Seattle to trade down and do all that fun stuff, but uh, you know, we'll see how it works out. So. So we slowly make our way to our final pick here. Um, it's been a pretty good draft. We've filled a lot of needs here. A lot of holes have been uh, shored up. Um, and so we'll see what we can do with our, our last pick here. But uh, it's pretty simple little mock here. Uh, nothing too fancy, but a bunch of good players as we are about to be on the clock. And now we are. So, so here we go. Pick uh, 214. This is our last pick in this draft um we've been able to fill a lot of needs haven't found that interior defensive lineman that's something seattle is going to take care of in free agency uh tight end and linebacker kind of the other two uh you know the other two areas of need here um not really a quarterback that i feel good about taking interestingly enough the seahawks were linked to uh to um uh, pj walker who's probably would have won the XFL MVP if the season had been canceled. Um, so this is going to be a little bit unusual here, but I already know who I'm going to take with this pick. Um, and it will be the second time in two years that the Seahawks have spent three draft picks on wide receiver. And I'm taking Lynn Bowden, who's a guy from uh, guy from Kentucky. He actually played quarterback for Kentucky, led them to a bowl game. Uh, he returns kicks. He played running back. He played wide receiver. He's a very versatile player. 
um, that you can have a lot of fun with if you're creative offensively. Um, he'll have to fight to make the team. He is, but his ability to play running back, quarterback, wide receiver, return kicks and punts um, makes him a really good value here in the sixth round. He can fill a lot of needs for me. Um, and he's just a solid football player. So uh, three wide receivers in the first uh, in the, three wide receivers in this mock draft. Not ideal, but uh, just the reality of the situation here. So just to kind of summarize here real quick, um, we went Austin Jackson, the USC offensive tackle, uh, in the first round. Um, we went Matt Hennessy with the our set, with our first second round pick, uh, interior offensive lineman from Temple. He's going to probably be my starting center um, after Justin Brittis is uh, cut. So we have a starting right tackle, a starting center. Josh Uche is going to be in the rotation right away as an edge rusher. He can also play some outside linebacker if the Seahawks decide to cut KJ Wright. Um, so that's a nice little bonus there. Chase Claypool, wide receiver slash tight end out of uh, out of Notre Dame. Big physical guy. Uh, you know, not the quickest in the world, but pretty good straight line speed. He's strong. Uh, there's a lot of fun things you can do with uh, Chase Claypool here. Michael Ojemudia. I'm never going to pronounce that. <laughs> But uh, he is a good player. I do know that from Iowa. Cornerback, um, really there to challenge Trey Flowers. Could beat him. Uh, there's, I think, enough quickness that he could play uh, nickel if you needed to. But he's really there to push Trey Flowers. Uh, Michael Pittman, wide receiver from USC, just too good of a player to let pass any further. Um, so despite drafting Claypool early um, in the top 100, Pittman just too good of a value to uh, to pass over there. So. Um, and then we take a Michael P. Ryan to kind of be insurance a little bit for Chris Carson and Rashad Penny, possibly replace them. Um, you know, I would have liked to have walked away from this draft with A.J. Dillon, and considering the run I got on wide receivers later than I anticipated, I probably should have taken A.J. Dillon uh, but instead of Chase Claypool. But uh, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, I finished up with Lynn Bowden, who's a nice, versatile player who can fill a bunch of needs. He can be the 53rd guy on my roster right now who can, you know, fill in a wide receiver, running back, quarterback, kick return, punt return. Just a good, versatile player. So, you know, I walk away from this draft with uh, a starting right tackle, a starting uh, center, a potentially starting edge player slash outside linebacker, uh, three wide receivers, uh, two of whom probably going to play right away, uh, and some cornerback uh, competition for Trey Flowers as well as a running back to help complement uh, the current crop. So that's uh, that's what I walked away from here. Um, you know, it's hopefully, uh, you know, we'll, we'll continue to get uh, more news about baseball here in the relatively near future. I know that's what you guys, uh, what you guys come to us for is baseball news, but I hope that this in some way, shape, or form was interesting enough or at least good enough to take your mind off of uh, the real world for 30 minutes or so. So um, let us know if you like this wild card. Also, uh, very open to uh, to your ideas for other future wild card episodes. Um, we want to try and do this once a week um, in addition to our regular scheduled podcast, um, at least until baseball starts back up. Um, and this is what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to talk about all kinds of sports, all kinds of, you know, maybe even entertainment or things like that. Uh, but I hope this was just enough of a, palate cleanser from the uh, the coronavirus that uh, it helped you kind of work through this um, let us know what you think of the wild card episode uh, if you have any topics of discussion that you want us to talk about 
on the next wildcard episode, please send them our way. Um, and like I said, hopefully um, we'll, we'll talk baseball certainly more um, as we get closer to actually opening day. But I hope this, I really do hope this helped you guys. Um, just clear your minds for, you know, however long you managed to listen to this. So thank you so much for listening to the first wild card episode. Um, if this gets some pretty good, gen, generates some pretty good buzz, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll make the opening and we'll make the, you know, everything that, uh, the intro, the outro and all that fun stuff. So, uh, let us know what you think and, uh, feel free to send us topics of discussion for this wild card episode. Um, I'm hoping that it won't always be me. I'm hoping Ty might do some solo podcast. Uh, we might do an additional podcast together. Um, but this is just kind of how it's going to be, um, for a while here, but we will see you guys on Wednesday or Thursday for the regularly scheduled Soto Mojo podcast. But I hope you enjoyed this wild card episode and I will see you in another life. Peace out.